When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, y'all. Usually, you would probably hear the introduction right now with the songs and the ads and everything like that. But due to unforeseen circumstances, working for the Hopi tribe, you're going to have to hear my voice for at least about five seconds. So I can see I can maybe do the introduction right now. Yo! How's that, y'all? All right. Well, uh, on with the show. You are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I am your host, the five-star, five-diamond chef, J-Man. And with me is the man with the clan, and apparently he has a plan, Carl. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? You know, I'm doing very well. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. And, you know, uh, speaking of doing very well, our last episode, our plans, Clans Before Plans episode is doing pretty well. Yeah. And we actually got some messages from through our social medias from some of the listeners talking about what our topic was. And so I guess it kind of... Uh, made people think and you know interested in that aspect of what we were talking about and actually do want to uh make a correction of something that i said okay because you know it's interesting that when you record a podcast that as you're talking you think you say something yeah and then you go back and then you listen to it and then you realize that Either you you misspoke, and basically, you know, I, I misspoke and when I was talking about our clan run, our traditional clan run, that the cubed stone that we kick, it's actually called a kone. And in the episode, I said konya. And konya is actually the uh, what we refer to as the drumstick for, for, for the drum. And so that was a clarification that I wanted to make in regards to our last episode. All right. Well, glad that you made that uh, correction there because I think that I'm always right. So <laughs> just kidding. And I like to point out to when you're always wrong. So, you know, I, I, if I'm going to do that to you, I got to do that for myself. And so you don't have to do that for myself from the last episode. And, you know, I, we're, we're going into a new month. Yeah. And, and last month in January, you know, we talked a whole lot about the month of January and what that meant for our Hopi communities. And so, you know, it's February right now. And so it's a uh, sacred time, I guess, for our for us out here on Hopi land. But I think that throughout the year, it's always sacred time. Oh, yeah. And and so yeah. last month in January, we talked a whole lot about Soyalung, which I guess, you know, kind of really major- majority happens in December going into January. And then January is usually Baumuya. Yeah. Yeah, per our Hopi calendar, but this month it's Buomuya. Buomuya. And we referenced Buomuya several times in our last episodes. And for those of you that would like to learn more about Buomuya, you can reference H.R. Voth <laughs> or uh, the white guy. I already forgot his name, uh, the guy that wrote the Hopi book. 
But as Carl proclaimed that, you know, some of those books are, are bogus and, you know, I don't think I would go so far as to say that, but I definitely would go far <laughs> as to say that, you know, you take it with a grain of salt and truly consult your relatives, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Since we're, you know, since Hopi is a, um, an oral traditional, um, clanship based, uh, people, you know, a lot of the stuff that we do talk about uh, doesn't end up in books and doesn't end up in uh, in like writings because we don't have an alphabet or we don't have codexes to write about. Well, according to the Hopi Dictionary, uh, <laughs> there, there is somewhat of a quote unquote Hopi alphabet out there. But uh, but that that is the month that we're in. And just a side note, you know, I don't think that we plan to, but just in case that potentially there could be a pause and us releasing episodes once a week due to it being Boomaya. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, of course, we'll keep you all updated as to whether that may happen or not during this month of February. And uh, th- there was one thing that I kind of wanted to bring. Well, I guess Perp Womia too. And, you know, I, I think that pretty soon you're going to get a whole lot of uh, Facebook communications, Instagram <laughs> communications about being it, quote unquote, happy, hopey Christmas. And you're going to get a lot of pictures of children's autas and uh, ayas and uh, little girls is uh, hopi dolls or tijas. You know that thing, that phrase always annoys the F out of me. Ho- Happy Hopi Christmas. It's not Hopi Christmas. It's Powamaya. You know, I never seen that before. That's actually the first time I've heard really? about Hopi Christmas. Really? Yeah. It's, it's all over the place. And I, I just, I just, you know, it, it's because like Christmas, like we talked about in our Hopi Christmas episode. Yeah, that yeah. It's, it's a, a Christian-derived concept turned into a monetized <laughs> concept. And, you know, it, that's not the point of it. It's not Christmas. It's Buomuya. <laughs> well, I guess I guess it's just people just kind of relating it to a different type of culture. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. just kind of like, you know, hey, this kind of... This seems like yeah, Christmas, Christmas to us. Yeah, like Christmas to us. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of understand. But. <laughs> that's just me being a... a, a, a to the point type of guy you're, you're you're that mean taha that uh that says that no you can't have you can't do that kind of stuff no you can't put sugar in povel piki <laughs> you can't put raisins in that thing there <laughs> somebody should go out on navajo and say that you can't put raisins it's in. not called navajo cake <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the other thing, too, that I kind of wanted to bring up with it being February, and we never really get a chance to be topical on this podcast. You yeah. Know, usually most of our conversations relate to our culture and relate to um, our, our past lives and, and things like that, our history. But when I saw something on social media and I, I kind of brought it up to the Riz Famous Wife and I said, you know, I kind of want to talk about this this topic. And she advised me, said, no, I, I don't think you should talk about it. <laughs> and But it, it's this idea of uh, Black History Month, I guess, yeah, because yeah. It, it's February, February nationally, I guess, is, is Black History Month. And what I saw on social media was I saw one of our local nonprofit programs making a post saying that we celebrate Black History Month and it was a picture of uh, Amana but you know uh, optically you could tell that she was part yeah and then that kind of got me thinking because it made me think because you never see any of our local organizations or at least uh, openly publicly say that we celebrate Black History Month and I think that 
<laughs> I asked myself, you know, like, like if I ever ran an organization out here, yeah. would I celebrate Black History Month being yeah. a Hopi organization yeah. or being an indigenous organization? And I think, you know, for any Hopi that you ask, you know, would you or do you celebrate Black History Month that the answer probably quickly would be no, you know, because then it's like, well, why, why would we? Yeah. Why, yeah. why would we celebrate that? And then I started to think about it even more because then in this podcast, we've talked about the different music that we like. Oh, yeah. yeah. We've talked about the different types of movies that we like. That throughout my high school years and into college to my college years, I would say that probably 90% to 95% of the music that I listened to was black music, yeah, hip-hop, rap, R&B music. And that if there were to be a reggae concert out here on Hopi tomorrow, <laughs> it would sell out by today. Yeah, it and, would. And there would be a lot of Hopis out there at, at a reggae concert. And, you know, I, I know some of my sisters that have gone black and never came back. And so you do have that component of interracial relationships yeah, here yeah. on Hopi. But the one thing that I thought about the most was that, and then we mentioned this on this previous episode and they've made headlines recently, is that one of the football teams changed their name. Oh, yeah. Some people yeah. believed it to be a racial racist stereotypical name yeah me being one of them and i don't believe that that would have ever happened if it wasn't for the black lives matter movement and so that's kind of another instance to where you have the black african-american community community I guess having some sort of imprint on who we are as Hopi. Yeah. Because then, you know, there's tons of Hopis that listen to a lot of rap growing up. Tons of Hopis listen to a lot of reggae growing up. Yeah, yeah. And then nationally, being a part of this larger pie of Indian country, Black Lives Matter movement affecting us on the national level of removing a stereotypical racist mascot on the national level, that maybe we should start thinking about celebrating black history black history month i I mean like you know since black history is like um i guess it 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 deals with the racial part of it and it deals with like the the slavery it deals with the segregation and when you think about it is that that basically happens to us Mm -hmm. us native Mm -hmm. americans Mm -hmm. is that we became segregated to the point where we were like cattle, where we had to have our own ID portraying who we are and where we come from. So the U.S. government can say that, oh, you guys still belong here on mm-hmm. our own lands. And when you think about the Black History Month and the black history of of this era here is that segregation just ended 50 years ago. Think about how 50 years ago, my ta is in his 60s and segregation was still in his time when he was growing up. And he said that, yeah, a lot of that stuff during when the during the 60s and the 70s, when AIM, like the American Indian movement Mm -hmm. was still around, you know, you still had that mindset of like, you know, this is who we are and this is why we shouldn't be joining the white culture the white supremacy of everything 
And so history itself is is in that, you know, in that mindset of like, you know, yeah, we're just like, uh, you know, we're just like the black people. We're just like that. We're, we're segregated, where we're put into slavery, where we're, you know, where we're killed because of our color. I mean, it's it's a bad history, but it's it's history. And, you know, there's that image, too, out there on social media. It, it's kind of almost like, a, I don't know, I, I, I what the more accurate description of it kind of almost similar to to anime where it kind of looks real but you can tell it's car- cartoonized yeah or digitized yeah. or whatever yeah. but you know it, it's it's the the indian man he's naked and then the black man he's naked too but then the black man like on his body you can tell that he was severely beaten yeah and he's hugging the native american man and the black man saying it hurts and then the native american man saying in response to him i know yeah, basically what you're saying that you know our experiences are pretty similar in what we've gone through uh, in in this country. But that was just something that I wanted to throw out there. So, so I, I apologize if I got anybody <laughs> riled up. But so so do you? Uh, so do you do celebrate Black History Month? <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me. Have you ever gone black? Have you ever Did gone you black? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I I never really have. I guess for a majority of my life. But I think that uh, with my experience that I've had over at Arizona State University, because that's probably when I've met the most African-American individuals and kind of, you know, learned a little bit about their culture. I think that's kind of when I started to, I guess, acknowledge them a little bit more and acknowledge what, you know, some of their, their, uh, I I guess, what they've added to my life and yeah. what they've added yeah. to society and it's kind of funny because you know I, I think that the state of arizona you know really is still one of those states to where it's primarily brown and white people that even statistically you know that there's a small population of africans and blacks and so we all end up being those racist people where you're counting on <laughs> both your hands how many black people you know <laughs> so, but but uh definitely something i wanted to shout out so i guess you know officially unofficially carl and j man do you celebrate black black history African- yeah, History Month, and you know we 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 don't celebrate it just of the month. We celebrate it uh, throughout the years, and you know it's just not just concentrated in mm-hmm. one month because uh, history should be celebrated, uh, you know, every day, mm-hmm. pretty much. And that's who we are. I thought you were going to say we celebrate it, you know, when our favorite actresses come on <laughs> stage, uh, Zendaya. Or yeah, I, uh, I Black History. I watch Nicki poetic, Minaj. poetic justice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before before we say something offensive, <laughs> and and uh, so so today this episode is going to it, it's almost close to Valentine's. Yes, it is. It's almost close to Valentine's Day, and so I don't know if uh, if that's a a time of the year where it's depressing for you, or because I know that it's <laughs> a time of the year that it's depressing for people, and so you know, basically, this is supposed to be our Valentine's Day episode. Okay, but because already we have talked about relationships yeah. we've talked yeah. about the difficulties of being a hopi dating a hopi on the reservation we talked about the difficulties of being a hopi dating a different tribe or even dating a different race uh, on and off the reservation and so i kind of wanted to take it up a little bit more and talk about what happens at the end of the road when you are fortunate enough to find somebody that you want to spend the rest of your life with and actually talk about Hopi weddings and Hopi marriages. But with this being our Valentine's Day episode, is there anything special that you're, you you got going on upcoming for Valentine's Day? I don't even celebrate Valentine's Day. No? The only time that I did celebrate Valentine's Day was 
uh, during the school. Remember when we were in grade school? Yeah. You put out your box of uh, <laughs> your clean it box because you decorated it the day before, and and then you just put your head down, and then they put in the you put in the little things that you buy at the store. But you don't want to be weak, so you don't paint your hearts pink you paint them blue or <laughs> different colors no it was because um you know because you buy those remember those little candy gram thingies uh-huh. in a box that uh-huh. you just write and then so solo would so would buy those at bashes uh-huh. and then she would write down my classmates names uh-huh. pretty much just go through the class class uh class list class list and just write down everyone even the boys would so, get so, one. so did the whole thing so for did, you and you never lifted a finger no, to do anything no for and then <laughs> like you know and then you know the girls would uh would, would get put in the little candy gram things yeah. with the little hearts in yeah. there and um I don't know what happened to those. Like, you know, you just eat the candy and then yeah. just throw out the rest. Or you get much. cards too. You, you get, get little cards. cards and then it's like happy Valentine's like day. With, like the Harry Potter, happy Valentine's day cards. Like uh, I Hagrid for you or something. <laughs> those were the original DMs. Yeah. That, that, that was the DMs before the DMs were DMs because then, you know, like sometimes, you know, you'd have a little crush on somebody. Oh yeah. 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 And so you do a little bit more for that person sliding into their, Valentine's Day box sliding into the original DMs. I guess. I guess that would be. But, but, you know, like Valentine's Day for me, we never did anything for Valentine's Day. So and Qua, yeah, since So and Qua were brought up in the 1950s, you know, like every day was a romance for them. So (laughs) Valentine's Day was just, uh, uh, you know, just a showboat day. Do you remember in high school when uh, they'd have those, you would buy like a rose. Or it was it was kind of something fancy because oh, it cost yeah. like five or ten dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you would tell them who it was for, and you could either stay anonymous or, or you, you write, could your, name write your name on yeah. there, and then they would deliver it for you. And then so you would get these people coming into your class during the middle of class, oh, looking for so and so, and then they're there, and they get like a flower or they get whatever it is fancy that they're they're selling. And I, I always thought that was cool. Nobody ever bought me one. You never got one before. <laughs> I got me I one. got two of them really? during my high school. Really, I didn't know who it was from because they were both anonymous. Oh no, kidding. I'm pretty sure it was like some guys too that were like <laughs> just trying just to play a prank. play a prank on me. <laughs> I think one year that's what some of my friends did thinking that it was going to be from a girl. Uh-huh. And that's what we used to do too. We used to um, prank our friends like, you know, hey, let's buy this for so-and-so. Let's just write somebody's <laughs> name on there. I think that's what we used to do too. Because I mean, like Valentine's Day wasn't, it wasn't in my radar, you know, like there was, yeah. I, I didn't, because I, I never had um, like somebody to love or <laughs> like somebody to fancy over. You're like, I never, I knew there was no Susan in our school. <laughs> And then so like Valentine's Day is just like a, a holiday that's just there, I guess. And you know, I, I aside from like that, you know, because uh, I've I've bought the Res famous wife and uh, my daughters. I'll yeah. usually get them something. Yeah, and it's nothing like too extravagant. You know, it's not like a dozen roses or it, it's just funny to me because like I've never seen anybody go all out for Valentine's Day or I don't even know what that means going yeah. all out for yeah. Valentine's Day because I've seen my dad buy my mother flowers once in a while but I don't feel like it was a every year type of thing yeah and yeah. you know I buy my wife things here and there just to you know make so she doesn't feel left out that you know Valentine's Day and there's all these commercials all the TV shows are Valentine's Day themes you go on Google they have some sort of special Valentine's Day image on, on Google yeah, yeah, for yeah. that day and so 
you know, I'll do a little small something. But then, you know, I talk to friends. I have friends and, you know, they'll, they'll ask me sometimes, what are you going to do for your wife on Valentine's Day? It's, I don't know, probably get her some flowers or somewhere. And like, what else are you going to do? What do you mean? What else? That, that That's pretty much it. You're not going to go take her to dinner. You're not going to go do this. You're not going to get her this special type of gift. Like, goddamn, like people out there, there are people out there that actually do that. Like, like go the whole nine and, yeah. you know, yeah. to where like flowers aren't enough. We got to go to some fancy restaurant, get a hotel room for the night and find somebody to watch the kids. And it, it, you know, I think, I think Valentine's day was just made for the white people or people who, <laughs> who think that they're white pretty much. And, and you know because i i never thought that hopi would be in that showboat kind of way too because you'll see like on the roadside you'll see every now and then that they're they're, they're like cars that will set up their little makeshift um uh what is it stand and they'll yeah. have like all these little yeah. holiday gifts on there yeah. and it was like buy a buy a candy gram for your beloved and whatnot and people you know people will buy it and like hopis will buy it but it's like you know like a, a shasta coke with a yeah with the rose that's or, or a crush yeah crush can. A crush can like you know something like that do, do you because this is this is i think what those people sell some of them they sell pretty good things. Oh yeah, like, like yeah. they get real creative yeah. and like. Cause I bought my daughter one time because she loves. There, there's a certain type of candy bar that she really likes, and so I bought her a bouquet of the chocolate candies. Yeah, and I've always thought, you know, because it's sold on the side of the road, do people then think it's cheap stuff? Even though some of it's pretty good and pretty creative, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. if you were to buy that stuff, like, would you be proud to admit, oh, I bought? my 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 sweetheart something on the side of the road um, as opposed to going to like a, a flower store or no i usually just say i made it myself <laughs> <laughs> i'm this creative for you i'm this creative <laughs> for you <laughs> but i guess you know kind of moving on and like i said that as far as relationships goes that we did talk about high school romances yeah. to a degree and so i imagine that on valentine's day you're going to go to that shoe box that you have underneath your bed and pull out all the old letters old old things that you got from the high school girls that used to write to you and then we also talked about you know dating and to a degree you know having children <laughs> but i wanted to talk about when you go all the way to actually get married or yeah. this concept of a hopi wedding yeah and because we do still get married in our in the Hopi tradition, way yeah, yeah, out here on Hopi, and I guess you know, kind of talk to talk about what that is, what that looks like, how often it happens, why it happens, and because I was married that way, that I can share what some of those experiences are, some things that I remember from my wedding. And then, you know, kind of just use that as this basis to celebrate Valentine's Day. Yeah. And and so, like, to thinking about Hopi weddings, one of the things that I was thinking about is that, you know, because I do know Hopi couples out there that are married, but they're not married in the Hopi way. That I do know a lot of people out there. Basically, I guess what I'm trying to say is that Hopi weddings, I would probably say, aren't as commonplace as they used to be. I mean, we do still have them, but it's probably like maybe two to three Hopi marriages would happen within a year. Yeah. And I think that there's a reason why they don't ha happen as often. I think one, because a lot goes into it. 
And in this day and age now, a lot of money goes into it. A lot of money. A lot of time goes into it. A lot of effort goes into it. And even just this concept of what it represents is that once you get married that way, so now and then you're tied together. You're bonded for, for life. Eternity. Yeah. And and so and I think that we've mis- mentioned that concept that Hopi has that we don't really believe in um we don't really believe in uh what is it called when you separate when you're married? That divorce divorce. Yeah. Divorce. That we don't really believe in divorce. No. Because even in today's society, you'll have people that were married but were quote unquote divorce. I guess really the, the yeah. true term is separate. Yeah. But because they were married the Hopi way, that they know that at some point in time that they're going to have to get back with this person <laughs> usually in the afterlife yeah exactly like all my uh, my my moms out there uh, who married first got their ova and didn't like their husband you're going to go back to your husband sooner or later so <laughs> and it's it's kind of you know and, and it becomes it it becomes a joke because that's that's the belief yeah. the belief is that even though you might separate in this world after being married yeah. in the hopi way that when you die that when your spirit goes to the place that it's supposed to go to, you're going to join back to the person that you <laughs> that married. You married. <laughs> and, and so, you know, all these jokes are made about people that are separated from their husbands or wives. Yeah. And that, you know, if they're, if somebody ends up in a different relationship, it's like, oh, they're just keeping them warm for you. <laughs> because then, you know, when you both die, that you're, you're going to go back, go back to being together. <laughs> and, and, and so it just creates this different type of dynamic of what that represents. But I guess really, you know, that that's kind of the importance of a Hopi wedding, I guess. Because then, you know, he said, I guess, long time ago, that it was this belief. And we talked a little bit about it in our last few podcast episodes talking about this idea of fulfilling a fulfillment of what a Hopi life is yeah yeah and we talked about for the males it's undergoing initiation into several societies for women it's other things but for both men and women what's the same is that it's getting married yeah because then he said that they believe that in order to go to Hopi heaven I guess that you had to get married you had to get married because there was components that were intertwined with your marriage that the broom groom and the bride would receive that would allow you to go on that to the like your your key you're pretty your, much your, your key yeah your, your key, key card your key card to get your into, pin number yeah your key card to get to the afterlife and then for for the ladies it's the ova yep which is i guess uh the wedding robe the wedding robe the wedding robe yep. and then so that turns into uh they they turn into aladdin or jasmine from yeah. aladdin and it turns into a flying carpet <laughs> and then for the males it's something they call a, a haupi or a, a very large or like a wicker plaque uh-huh, that's made out of a very uh, large yenyapa, yeah i believe yeah and then you know that's how the male then the males turn into aliens because then they're riding flying saucers pretty much and, you know going and then that's into, their you know that's their key to uh ever everlasting love ever, everlasting uh, eternal eternal love eternal, eternal love and life pretty much <laughs> and and so you know i guess that that's the reason as to why it's important and that's why older people kind of if they get the opportunity to push their children through a Hopi wedding, yeah, that they want to do it, yeah, that they're willing to do it because it's this deep belief that that's how you're going to get to 
the afterlife. It's that it's, we need to go. It's that it's that belief that we want to be together again. So it's that belief that we must have these things mm-hmm. in order for us to cross mm-hmm. over. So people like me that did get married, we're going to make a fortune when we're charging other folks that didn't get married in this life <laughs> tickets for passage to get to, to the great beyond. I, I know some people. So, <laughs> you know, I'm connected. I'm connected. I'm connected in different ways. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I have no worries. I have the backstage pass. You know, bought it a long time ago. Scalped. <laughs> but I guess, you know, in, in, in the 2022 or even, you know, when we did get married, it's such a it's such an interesting thing because then I think that, you know, we're so I mean, this is, I guess, really kind of just outside of Hopi and thinking about generally as far as being native yeah. in Indian country is yeah. that, you know, I think that a lot of these traditional marriages must not exist in other tribes. Yeah. That, you know, I think that it's probably a rarity that a tribe still carries on their traditional Tradition, marriage yeah. because then I remember when it was decided <laughs> I remember when it was decided <laughs> that we were going to get married oh and, no and here so, it comes and so we're going to get married and we started telling people you know yeah. we're, we're going to get married yeah and then even telling our non-Hopi friends that might have still been native yeah in their mind they're thinking a church yeah. In their mind, they're thinking a white gown yeah. and uh, flower girls, flower girls, groomsmen, yeah. bridesmaids, the whole works, the, the whole, whole nine. Yeah, and like, no, we're we're getting married in the traditional way, in in the Hopi way. Yeah, and then they're like, oh wow, that's so cool. That's such a cool thing. And but I guess you know because in this day and age, our minds. Generally, I guess, just outside of Hopi, generally, our minds are so fixated on what a wedding is and how that goes. And then even when I tell a person that, oh, no, we're getting married the traditional way, then then they always ask me, oh, how did you propose? Where did you propose? Uh And I'm like, didn't you hear me? I just said we're getting married the Hopi (laughs) way. The man doesn't propose in the Hopi way. Rather, it's the lady. It's the lady that kind of to, to a degree, yeah, in, in a way, to the degree that brings her brings her Nova over to brings the, her horse, <laughs> brings her Nova to the uh, the boy's house, and then the boy will accept it or not, accept or not it. accept it, or, or actually, or rather, his mother. So okay, so actually, like if you read if you read some of the books, like the Hopi books, mm-hmm. it tells you about like the Hopi wedding. So in one of the books, it says that you know the Daha or the uncle would be like the the go between by where the bride and the groom or like the person like the girl and the boy and they will uh talk to both sides of the parents and you know say that okay this is uh, what's going to happen so the girl will prepare her traditional food and then take it to the boy and then the, the uncle will step in in front of the boy and then talk to the girl and saying that okay do you want to still do this pretty much like are you gonna are do you sure are you sure about <laughs> this thing here this guy's a lazy ass yeah and then they will talk to the boy and say that this is a huge responsibility that you're gonna take on here uh and then after that once they both agree then the girl will take her uh, take her nova to the door and then the boy will stay in his house and then accept it mm-hmm. and if he accepts it then it's a marriage then it's on then it's on, then it's, it's, on. The, it's the marriage proposal can't <laughs> can't back out of it <laughs> you're the, stuck the only way to back out of a hopi marriage is to take her nova back to the house that's Indeed. pretty yeah <laughs> and that, and that creates a huge animosity between the families and clans but it's interesting because i do hear 
I usually I hear all this information from my wife. Yeah. <laughs> but um, there are people that have done that, that have gone to take their food over. Yeah. The proposal, yeah. I guess. And then it's been accepted. And then they break up. <laughs> and then they never look. Uh, yeah. Which I guess is, is the term that's used traditionally. And so, like, oh, they took their food over, but then they broke up. Yeah. So they never look. <laughs> it's usually what you'll hear. <laughs> And and so you know, unfortunately, I guess in this day and age, that's kind of the twist or, or the, the side kickers that you know, even though you go through these customary um, steps, yeah, to undergo the process of getting the marriage started, that uh, there's still ways out of it. Oh yeah, side of just not taking <laughs> taking the food back to the to the lady's house. So before we move on, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break for our paid sponsors here. So would you feel ashamed if somebody brought food to you and you accepted it, but then you broke up and then didn't go through with it? Probably. I mean, like, like, you know, it, it's, uh, if that tradition, cause there is still that tradition that still revolves around that. And like, yeah, I mean, I would be, I would feel really guilty about that because I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to hurt her and her family. And I guess, you know, to kind of put some context into it, because I, well, from what I understand, you know, I, I was born in 1985. Yeah. I never saw Hopi life in, in the Hisat time, which I like to reference a lot. But you know what I've been told is that at least for a third Mesa wedding, that when it comes to bringing the food over, that traditionally it wasn't a huge ordeal. No. Like, like it just be the girl and the mother sometimes. Yeah. In some instances, very small thing, but in, uh. Possibly, you know, in the other mesas that it was a little bit a bigger. Yeah, it, event. it's a little bit bigger. Event. It's a bigger event. And, and so but when in my experience that when the Red's famous wife brought her food over that there was a big parade, a lot of a lot of people from her family wanting to help and a lot of food came with her. Yeah. And so I guess really to understand what goes into the proposal, it, a lot goes into the proposal, a oh, lot yeah. of food, yeah. a lot of food, a lot of coordination of it. Um, and then you know making the horse, I guess, which is the the glemi, uh, or big big large size of it, which requires a lot of yeah. bosi, which yeah. is you know roasted sweet corn, and so a lot of a lot of resources go into the proposal. And it was it was it was kind of funny because on my proposal day, that all of my kids, all of my son and snake clan kids, they kind of uh, created a, <laughs> a barricade, and you had some of my kids that were living out here in Uraivi that they were hanging up signs down here at the bridge below Hotbella, yeah, and uh, saying some unkindly things about my wife, your future, my wife. future wife at yeah. the time, and so you know it was kind of this big old event, and so you know, and and that's kind of more common now to where when somebody goes take food, and you quote unquote take food is usually what the uh, term is that it's a big thing yeah. it's a big thing it yeah. involves a lot of people and and so when I, I guess you know talking about J-Man's big day talking about the wedding and talking a little bit about what goes into it that it's a four day officially it's kind of a four day thing yeah but it could go longer depending on how it's arranged because traditionally that you know you think about the pahana the white man's wedding that you know the gowns are a big important thing oh yeah of the white man's wedding and in hopi way i guess it's kind of almost similar but it's not really a gown but the the wedding outfit yeah yeah and in the hopi wedding traditionally the wedding outfit is constructed while the wedding is going on yeah and when it's done that way that may extend the length of the metwi quote unquote metwi 
staying at, at the groom's the, at house. At the groom's house, yep. And feeding everybody, proving her metwi skills, basically. Her womanly skills that she can... Her, her, her womanly skills. Yeah. And so, I remember that I was... You're going to get married. <laughs> you're going to get married. And, you know, it's scary. It's a scary thing because then, like that, I think, I think really when you're going to get married in the Hopi way, that you understand that a lot of people are going to go out of their way to provide things to make the wedding happen. It, it, it takes a village. To, it takes, yeah. and in some cases, multiple villages. Multiple villages to make to one make a village. wedding. Yeah. And, and so I think that, you know, just this pressure, the fact that not only are your own parents footing the bill for certain things, material for the wedding outfit, talking to other families in the village, asking, can we use some of the things that you have, your dumtoki, yeah, yeah. your biki making house. Can we use your uh, your your bi- home? Bi- yeah, like it's like your, your home, home yeah. to feed people. And then even go so far as coordinating with the village. You know, we need things for all the people that are going to come yeah. when this wedding happens. Um, toilet Toilet arrangements and other types of arrangements. And knowing that my bride-to-be was going through the same thing, coordinating with her own clan on getting corn that they needed to make Yeah, coordinating with her clan to get the pahangamni, and all these other types of necessities needed, pastries, things like that for the wedding to happen. Because I guess like in you know and a Hopi wedding is different from a white man's wedding, but there are some com- uh, comparable comparable things. Yeah, aspects of it. Yeah, because if you're to get married in the white man's way, then all of the finances, all of the coordination. I believe traditionally they say it's like the groom's family. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. It just falls to one side of the family, and that they make those arrangements. But I guess in this day and age, if you're to get married the white man way, you're just calling the place and say. We're going to get married here. Here's the deposit. <laughs> and then the place that you call, they're the ones setting up the decorations. Yeah, yeah. They're the ones that are dealing with the chairs and the tables and, you know, making sure that you're getting what you paid for. But the Hopi way is that you're doing that all on your own. And one of the things, too, that we talked about when I was getting married, because then you talk about the cost of a white man's wedding. Right? Oh, yeah. That yeah. it can be pretty expensive if you're not going the church route and you're getting married at a resort or something or at a hotel there's a cost to have it there and if you're going to have a reception there's a cost for the food and that's why if you ever get married to a wedding they ask you to RSVP by a certain time because then they got to let the caterers know of how many people are going to be there and then there's a cost in that and then when I was having my wedding I was having a conversation with some relatives and we were talking about that. The oh, difference yeah. between a white man's yeah, yeah. You know, a Hopi wedding. And then we started to, th- to think about really think about it. And you're like, you know what? A Hopi wedding financially is so much more costly than a, a white a traditional man's Christian wedding. wedding. Yeah. Because then you think about some of the things that are involved. Sheep is needed at a Hopi wedding. That's provided by the groom's family, which is kind of used in a way as payment, but it's also used for food for the people that are going to be there as the wedding. I believe that we had somewhere around 60 sheep for our wedding. Yeah. 
and you think about what the cost of a sheep head is today, two to three hundred dollars. Three hundred dollars. Two to three hundred dollars per sheep. Two to three hundred dollars times sixty, which is just one aspect of the Hopi wedding. And then I mentioned what is provided by the bride's family. That sometimes you have families as far as the Bahandimni goes. That they'll buy a whole um, what do they call those the the things that they the pallets the pallets yeah they'll buy a whole pallets of those of the the the, the bluebird flower. flower yeah and then that's in the thousands and you just calculated what sixty times two to three hundred dollars or is that twelve thousand dollars twelve thousand dollars just for just for the sheep, sheep. and that's not including uh, like um, that's not including hay yeah it's not including to hay feed to feed sheep. yeah. And then, you know, there's no hotel I can call. And here's the deposit to get the uh, the pen ready for, for the sheep and the corral. And so we had to go down there and do that ourselves. Clear out the area where we were going to keep the sheep. Uh. Put up the fencing to keep the sheep in. Yeah. yeah and yeah, then, yeah. you know, setting up the barbed wire because a lot of dogs around the village. So so how much would you would you say just on the top of your head if we knew that number was 12000 and including like the pallets of uh, Numni that will will be because it's like ten dollars per per uh, sack there, and it's like hundreds and hundreds of uh, bluebird flower sack, and not including like the uh, like the baker's little thing there, or not counting the corn, the, the that, corn that sometimes you have to buy. And that was something too that I thought about is that I even I, though we're in a drought. That when you still have these things, these weddings or daycares, yeah, yeah, that our expectation of how much corn should be provided doesn't change, I, <laughs> even though we're in a drought. Yeah, exactly. You know, I would probably calculate it probably in probably around fifty to sixty thousand dollars. I was going to say at least twenty thousand. No, I think at least fifty to sixty thousand dollars. That includes like renting porta potties. That includes like all the water that you have to haul. And then one of the most expensive components too is the the deer skin. Oh yeah, which is used to make the uh, shoes. Yeah, the shoes for the for the uh, bride. Yeah, and depending if the bride has children, which my wife did, four of them, then you're buying additional material for the kids exactly and you know i would say yeah around 50 to 60 thousand dollars over the course and we don't think about that and and i guess you know in in terms of what the good thing about you know this this idea of uh, there there's this term that's thrown out a lot out here on hopi our organizations yeah, i like to use it but it's uh uh, sumit nangwa. Yeah, and you know what that means is that coming together. Yeah, for the benefit of good, and that's kind of one of the, I guess, one of the real positive things you see out of a Hopi wedding, is that this number that Carl just threw out, as far as what the what all the costs go into it, is that you're not really paying that all of out of your own no, pocket. No, that no. you have relatives and friends from far and wide. They know that this wedding is going on, and so they'll take it out of their own good hearts to go buy the groceries. Oh yeah, for the mewi. Yeah, or they'll take it out of their heart to go buy the shawls or the aprons that are gifted to the Metwi and her kids, or they'll take it out of their own good hearts to go buy a sheep to provide for the male side or even the firewood yeah. that's needed. Firewood biggest, is expensive. Yeah. Biggest firewood pile you'll ever see in your life is at a Hopi wedding. Exactly. And you'll see men 
just chopping wood all day. All day long? All day long. What's that wood used for? That's used for like uh, their, the nukwivi and then mm-hmm. for like, you know, if the girl is making piki, then mm-hmm. that will be used for that. You know, all sorts of different things that will benefit Bik- from Bikami. that. Yeah, pikami and everything in that in that whole that whole thing and it, it's a huge it's a grand event that you'll ever see in your life and i've been to a lot of weddings you know i've, I've been to a lot of that and on my uh, family side and <laughs> and I, I was about to say because I, i don't think there's probably a good way an hour is probably not long enough for you and i to really describe what it oh is yeah yeah or to describe what it looks like describe everything that goes on but you know thanks to my uh Clint corn water relatives in Hotvela, there's a pretty good article <laughs> in the Arizona Republic. <laughs> or, or like what we've been saying, you know, that it, it's, it is documented out there. Oh, yeah, it in, is documented. In, in some of the Hopi books as to what, you know, goes into a Hopi wedding. But I guess re- really the, the real basis of what a Hopi wedding basically is that when a woman wants to marry a man, she goes to the groom's mother's house yeah. and has to prove herself. And so she grinds corn for four days straight, basically, to prove that she's worthy enough to, to be uh, a wife to the mother's her, her son. son. Yeah, the mother's son. Yeah. But when the wedding is over and when the bride is taken back to her home, because we've said this multiple times, that Hopi is a matrilineal society. And so the bride is taken back to her own home with her own people, with her now new husband in yeah. tow yeah. with his appa because now he belongs to to them now his yeah. wife's clan yeah and then so he waves mama goodbye and cries one last time because <laughs> life's gonna be hard now life life is gonna be different <laughs> like, no more xbox no and- more xbox you gotta chop wood for your wife's family and <laughs> hunt for your wife's family and plant for your wife's family well you know i I guess as as far as my experience goes because you know it's interesting because like you said that it's a big event oh yeah it is so many people come oh yeah and we got married pre-pandemic so there was no barriers or issues that came along that was brought along with the pandemic and so i truly believe that there were people from every single village Mm. out here because i don't call my wife the res famous wife for nothing a lot of people know her and so when i married her i basically married hopi (laughs) the hopi reservation and so lots of people came and because you're kind of the as as the man The, the wedding is basically about the woman. Oh yeah, that yeah. Everything that happens is is going to happen. Is all her. for it's her. All for her. Yeah. But being the male, being the groom, you're kind of like the gopher. Yeah. And and so when something needs to be set up, they're you're, calling you're, you. You're you're the one. They're yeah. calling you to go set it up. You're basically like the the go to guy kind of thing. <laughs> you're kind of the bitch boy. Yeah. You're basically that. <laughs> But because so many people come, because so many people contribute yeah that you're expected to express your gratitude all the time and so basically what my experience was the entire time was running 
every single direction as fast as I could and just saying kwa kwa all along the way. <laughs> and you're walking past people you don't even know kwa 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 kwa. You're seeing little kids playing on the street kwa 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 kwa. <laughs> you're seeing dogs humping each other in the village kwa 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 kwa. You're so used to just saying kwa kwa exactly. all the time. Exactly. And it's from what I remember. From my wedding was and I tell the Red's famous wife this all the time is that it went by so fast and because I was being demanded everywhere that I don't even remember everything that happened yeah or yeah. even in the order that it happened that basically in my eyes I saw the whole thing progress in fast forward yeah and then it was over yeah and then it was over real quick but I guess you know at least as far as my experience goes going through it like i'm so appreciative i am so appreciative that my parents were willing to do it for me mm. i'm so appreciative of my wife's family and their willingness to do it for us and that everybody that was involved because you know unfortunately you know we i i did mention this at the beginning that not everybody gets married this way even oh, no. though they're two hopis in a relationship. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes and I've heard this that it doesn't happen because no one's willing to help me do it. Exactly. Or my parents aren't willing to do this for us or I have I don't have the money to make it happen because $60,000 is a lot of money. It is a lot of money. And and so, you know, there is that unfortunate reason as to why it doesn't happen for some people is that the people aren't willing there aren't willing to make it happen for them and you know i hope to make it happen for my kids yeah. at some point yeah. in time if they decide to be with hopis and decide to marry hopis um and just knowing that my family was willing to do it for me and and so it, it's an interesting thing because you know i did talk about that there are some commonalities between a hopi wedding and uh a white man's wedding yeah because yeah. i have a lot of Bahana friends or non-indigenous friends and you know my wife and I after we got married in our Hopi way we went and we uh, rented out a, a spot down in the valley down in Phoenix and we kind of had a reception our, your, uh, a, a reception for our non-Hopi friends <laughs> because we told a lot of people that we were getting married yeah but yeah, yeah, yeah. we were very weary of inviting people to it because then because they're not not Hopi because they're not Hopi yeah, yeah and because it's your wedding you can't hold people's hands and tell them what's going on you can't sit with them and make sure that they're comfortable. You can't do any of that. Yeah, exactly. And so we didn't invite anybody that wasn't Hopi from unless, the outside. Yeah. Unless we were comfortable knowing that they were going to be comfortable and taking yeah. care. So like real close family friends, like friends that you know maybe my parents knew or her her siblings knew or something to that. Well, extent. you know, it, it you know Hopi weddings on the, the the whole thing. Yes, it is a grand thing. It is something that all Hopi males and females want to go through because it guarantees them afterlife kind of uh stuff Pri- privileges. yeah privileges and the platinum but uh, now platinum now members. i guess nowadays um you know we don't do that we don't think like that anymore we were we're very very uh ostracized our whole culture that we just kind of 
deal with like the pahana side because it's quicker, it's easier, and we can get it done. And when I die, I'll figure it out. Yeah, and when we die, we'll figure I'll, it out. I'll pay Jamin's admission <laughs> price to get on his sahaupi. Exactly. And it looks like we're almost out of time. So well, we have one more thing. Yeah, I, I have one more thing I wanted to share okay. before we go. Okay. And, and speaking to that, to the to the commonalities. All because right. cause we, we told a lot of our friends that weren't Hopi yeah. that we were getting married. And then after we got married, we thought, that, oh, let's let's have, uh, let's invite them to like a reception. Yeah. And uh, we'll put a PowerPoint together <laughs> and, and, you know, kind of just tell them what we went through. Yeah. And, and, yeah. So, and so we did that. And But I had a lot of individual conversations with a lot of folks about this, about yeah. my, about our wedding, uh-huh. my wife's wedding, I don't know, about our wedding. And then, you know, and, and the way that I try to get somebody to understand is, is that to, to compare it to something that they might know. And so a lot of people know what a, a Pahana wedding is. Oh, yeah. Understands yeah, 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 what yeah. that is. And then so, you know, comparing the importance of the bridal gown to the importance of the Metwis clothes, the ova, her totis, yeah, everything that comes with it. And then the other thing, too, that I would tell them that, you know, it's interesting that, you know, when because an important part of the white man's wedding is when the bride walks down the aisle. For some reason, that's like a big part of that type of wedding. Everybody stands up. You see how beautiful the bride is. Yeah. Her beautiful dress. She walks down the aisle to go get married. But if you were to find a commonality with that in the Hopi wedding, that the bride and her walking down the aisle actually happens after the wedding is complete yeah. during the summertime, during the month. And that's what I would share with folks is that the brides, the equivalent to the bride walking down the aisle actually happens at the home dance when she does her ova usita. Because at that time, then she's fully dressed in her wedding clothes. And she's, in a way, walking down the aisle, walking she's, into the gate. She's being presented. To being the, yeah. presented as a married woman. Yeah. And the audience is, Yeah. And they see her and then they recognize and acknowledge that she completed a big part of her of that life there of, yeah of this life yeah of what we're supposed to complete and so and it, yeah and i do have one number on here and it says uh will carl ever find a wife and so you know <laughs> i i guess you know carl will be the one to tell us that and what it's like to be a single hopi in the 2022 years but that might end up being a whole episode probably it probably end up you know because uh i don't know i just I, I guess I guess you, you when you have to, when you marry you you want to love that person uh, you know dearly and I guess I just don't have that inside of me mm-hmm. you know just that mm-hmm. I just because I have a different life you know my life is um, it wasn't it wasn't on track mm-hmm. so my life kind of just kind of stayed in one type of track not going to another another station but other than that I mean I might it might happen (laughs) and i'm saying this with quotation marks around the might being (laughs) and i I just want to be clear on something there's nothing relations to you i do love my wife yeah i'm very happy to be married to my wife and just want to wish her a happy valentine's day and i actually did want to ask you this question though before we go is that do you think it's different being single and hopey today Versus back to when we were in high school, being single in Hopi in the 2000s. Oh, yeah, 2000s. it is. It is. It's very, very. What well, it makes it different? Because a lot of the girls, if you try to text them 
like, you know, hey, or like, what's up? They'll call you creeper no matter what. <laughs> like back in our day, like, you know, when we said hey to a girl, man, those girls would like jump on that because it's acknowledging them. It's like, mm-hmm. how did, you know, you, you finally notice me, you know, like, yeah. it's like that whole thing. And like, um, I, there was a story that was like, you know, um, uh, from, we got to talk damn it podcast. Uh-huh. And he was telling this, uh, really quickly. So he was telling this, like back in his day, he went to a disco and he's like, um, I want to know who that girl is. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a very old guy. So he, he said like, you know, I want to know who that girl is. So he goes to the DJ and then he says like, you know, Hey, um, I want that phone girl's phone number. Guy gets, give her the phone number. And he's like, I'll call her up. So he calls her up and the girl was like, man, you went all that trouble just to find me. And I'm so impressed with that. If you do that now in the 21st century, you'll be called a creep. You'll be called a stalker. You know, you won't, you won't even last one minute. You'll be canceled. You'll get blasted. You'll get blasted on social media. Don't let this guy talk to you. Yeah. But I guess, you know, the difference might be that back then, you know, you were 16 years old and now you're mid 30 something. So, So, I mean, but that's for a different story. So (laughs) if you got this far into our podcast, I- Carl, congratulate you. I congratulate you for getting this far into there. So if you want to donate something, go to anchor.fm slash CJ podcast 85 to donate something. It's only $1.99 or $4.99, whichever your flavor is. Or if you want to just donate $1 or more, go to buy me a coffee dot com slash cj podcast to donate one dollar or more and if you're not following us on our social medias you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter at carl and j man if you're listening to this on youtube don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button i promise that carl and i will be coming with some new material for our youtube channel and if you're listening to this on apple podcast don't forget to hit that five don't forget to give us a five-star review yeah because you're not five star unless you're YouTube Apple Podcast. I'm sorry, says that you're five star, and uh, I, I guess that's it. Oh. I, n- nothing else to uh, instruct listeners to. But thank you for <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you for doing all that for us. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Carl and J Man Save the World Podcast. My name is Carl, and this is my best friend J Man. So long, qua qua.